Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. On today's episode of the Bolts Broadcast, we're on the board. Be tuned. Season 3, episode 69 of the Bolts Broadcast. Nice, nice of course. Uh, Mike Mitchelson and Chase Groshaw with you today. We hope you're doing well. It is a Sunday evening at 7.48 p.m. Chase, I'm feeling a lot better after watching that Tampa game. How are you feeling? Yeah, I got to agree. was a much better looking yeah. game from start to finish compared to uh, games 1 and 2. Though I'm still not happy with our penalty kill. It's kind of embarrassing. Um but that's something that I'll get into when we get to the game. Yeah, absolutely. So on today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, talking about the first three games of the series. Uh, our last show came out on Thursday. However, it was prior to the Wednesday game, so we haven't been able to talk about that quite yet. Uh, we're also going to be looking at the Western Conference Finals and what to expect out of the rest of that series. going to be talking about the Evander Kane suspension, talk about Charlie McAvoy as... He has shoulder surgery, and then talk about some awards that have been finished as well. So, very excited for that. But before we do, do jump into the games, Chase, we, before we do, we had our dynasty drafts this weekend, and I had a great time. I had a lot of great picks, and before that, before the draft even started, we had just a blockbuster of a trade, and it was even to the point where people that weren't necessarily on the sleeper app the night before, they didn't really realize until after the draft was over that we had such a big blockbuster. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a funny moment there from from our, our one league mate. Um, but, yeah, it, it was it was big. It was, um, you know, it, it was... It was maybe maybe it was a Wayne Gretzky esque type of trade for for fantasy football. It it, it was pretty big uh, three way trade, but um, get, getting Mark Andrews in that trade, and then from there changing the rules to one point five uh, per reception for tight end. I I think I come out as a as, as a firm winner here. Yeah, I feel like I'm a pretty firm winner too. <laughs> uh, it is tiered PPR now. We changed that in our league. So half point for wide receiver, full point for running back, and one and a half, like Jay said, for tight ends. Um, yeah, he got Mark Andrews. Our buddy John got Javante Williams. And then I was able to lock up four first round picks, um, two of them being in the 2023 draft. And 
Jason and I have talked about it on the show that the NFL and the NHL drafts in 2023 are both stupid. So many good players coming out. Well, I now have 2020 or 11 2023 first round picks out of the in, 12. Out of the 12 in our dynasty rookie draft. So, very excited for that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a ton of fun. Um just draft season next year. Between this show, between WNP, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about these guys. You know, mm-hmm. this year, um, we really haven't gotten too in-depth into the 22 NHL draft picks. I mean, we're still going. You yeah, know? yeah, we're still playing. It's hard, it's hard to hard to focus on the other things. So we're going to get to it eventually. But next year, I'm not going to be able to, to help myself from talking about them while the season's still going on just because they're so exciting. Yeah. Just for, you know, just for example of how exciting these two draft classes are going to be, it's going to be the exact same thing. And it's, it was the same for football, too. I yeah, felt yeah. like we got a little bit rushed there towards the end just because... My Cincinnati Bengals went to the Super Bowl. So I'd w- that's all I wanted to talk about. I didn't want to talk about upcoming prospects for this year's NFL draft. Uh, we eventually got around to it and had a great time doing it. But when your teams are going late into the season, that's all you want to talk about. The only way next year for, for the NFL is if we're not, that we're not going to talk about NFL prospects is if the Lions and the Bengals are both going Super Bowl bound. Then we're going to have to keep pushing it back a little bit. But that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> you know, Tampa, once we find a way to claw back in the series, you know, win it and win the next round, too, and, and we got three in a row, we're going to feel a little more comfortable talking about it, you know, because we've had so much success, and we're obviously, you know, we're the big reason this this team's having success, this podcast, so we can talk about those guys a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit weird. We didn't get invited to the second parade. You know, first first time, fluke, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, no big deal. That's fair. And, and it was COVID. COVID. You know, I understand not wanting to fly us down. Yeah. And then second year, it's like... Like okay. it's like, con- like con- conditions are fair enough where you, where we can make this work. Seems like there's something happening here. It, I gotta say, it, if this year we do it again, there's no excuse. Zero, point. none, none at all. So none, none at all. But I, I guess we're I guess we're gonna find out here, and you know we'll have a better sense in about a week's time or so, maybe a little bit longer than that, and then you know if things go the right way, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. All right, well, let's hop into the Eastern Conference Finals, Tampa versus New York. We started in Madison Square Garden on June 1st. That was last Wednesday. Did not open the series how we expected. The Rangers come out, beat us 6-2. to They just look like the better team. Yeah, I mean, they looked fresher. Yeah. Which is weird. Because the Rangers really haven't had, like, they've had the, the standard days off that you have in the playoffs between games, but... They haven't had any like substantial time off. They've they've gone the distance in both their series so far. So to see them come out in game one, look like the team that was just resting for, you know, the nine, ten days that Tampa was. And Tampa was looking like the team that was just absolutely gassed from the previous series going the distance. It, it was weird. Didn't look very good. Vasilevsky had one of his tougher games of the year, one of his tougher games um in his just playoff history. Just didn't really go his way. Um wasn't really finding tracking the puck the way he wanted to. Um, I'm happy that he didn't get pulled though in this game. I, I know mm-hmm. that some some coaches in these situations they want they want to pull their goalie, just let them rest, let them get their full energy, and let them keep going. But like he's your guy. At, at no point do you think you're a better team with Brian Elliott and that. Just keep Vasilevsky going. Yeah, and part of the series was the goalie matchup between Vasilevsky and Shesterkin, and it was ruled by Shesterkin at least through the first two games. Um, and going into this second game. Tampa, over their last couple of seasons, they lose in the playoffs, they'd rebound with a win. 18-0. and 
eighteen and zero up to this point. No longer as they go eighteen and one after a game two loss as well, going down zero two in the series. The Rangers took that one three to two, and again Igor Shosturkin playing phenomenal. First back to back losses since that dreadful twenty nineteen series that yep. does not need to be need to be named. Uh, Shosturkin indeed playing good, um, playing great. He, he's definitely. That dude, when it comes to goaltending, I, I mean, if you're going to make an argument for anybody else other than Vasilevsky in the league being that guy, it's Igor Shosturkin. We've talked about that before. He's a heart finalist for a reason. He played really good in these first two games. Uh, you know, a nice three to win. And he, he just, the Rangers just kind of really deserve these first two games. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about it on Wednesday, on Wednesday's show that was released on Thursday. We went a bit, like, I wasn't going to be that surprised if Tampa lost game one. Right. I really wasn't because... I thought the Rangers were going to be able to take one game at home, and if it was going to be one game, it would be the first game. And sure enough, they did. I'm like, all right, we didn't look very good, but we'll re- rebound not too worried. Sure enough, don't really rebound that great. Um, New York comes out, gets game two as well, and it's a little concerning at that point. But on the bright side, we got some better things to talk about for game three. Yeah, and through these first two games, like we mentioned, goaltending obviously went in the favor of New York, but also when you look at the back end of both teams, the defense for the Rangers stepped up tremendously mm-hmm. where you had some rough play out of big names, such as Victor Hedman for Tampa. So when you've got a surging Adam Fox, a Keandre Miller, who's looked great in these playoffs, and then a Victor Hedman who does not look like himself, that's going to be tough for not only Vasilevsky, but the whole team. And, uh, you know, that's, that's part of the reason why we went down to Nothing. Um, but coming into game three, it had to change. And yep. we talked about it last night. What was Shesterkin going to look like? Because he's played phenomenal up to this point. We even mentioned the um, Penguins-Predators finals back in 2017 where Pekka Rene at home was phenomenal, just like Igor Shesterkin has been. Are we going to see Igor Shesterkin perform like Pekka Rene when he leaves home where you know, it doesn't look as great? That wasn't necessarily the case as Igor Shosturkin, again, standing on his head. But in this matchup, you could obviously tell who the better team was through and through as Tampa really dominated when it was five on five. Let's put it this way. When you're a goalie and you make 48 saves in regulation, you expect to win the hockey game. But Tampa wins this one three to two because they were dominant at five on five because they peppered the net. They made Shosturkin work. Yeah, he made saves. But at the end of the day, they kept you know, at least attempting to get scoring opportunity after scoring opportunity. Sure, there wasn't as many there as I like still. I didn't think there was as many great A's as, as they, you know, usually go for in their game. But they were putting the puck on that. They were changing things up a little bit, doing things a little differently, and it eventually worked out. Um, you know, it, it was a very nice, nicely set up goal by Kucherov there uh, to Palat on the game winner. And it, it just, it, it looked a little different today. It, it really did. Uh, seemed like Tampa wanted it from the start. Vasilevsky was just hummed in, ready to go, played great, um, made all the saves that he needed to. You know, can't really say he did anything wrong in this game by any means. It was good to get the win, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I do, I, I did say, at least at the beginning of the show, um, our penalty kill is really driving me crazy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got I, I just got to bring it up. I don't understand it's it's the same thing about Alexander Ovechkin. I, I know this guy has just got, you know, this world-class shot, of, of course. But he's in the same spot every single time. You know where he's going to shoot it from. 
you know they're going to pass it to him. Why don't you cover him a little better? And teams seem to leave him open all the time. It's, it's like when teams get into penalty kill mode, they just absolutely panic, which I never got when I played hockey and I, and I was on the penalty kill. That's, that's where I zoned in the most. That's where I was the best. But a lot of teams nowadays in the NHL, they seem like they panic on the PK. And it's kind of what Tampa did. They just like, they feel like they really need to, you know, tighten up um, their gap control in front of that and, and really just try to take away rebounds, that kind of stuff. Well, the puck kept getting fed east to west, right to Zabinajad, just taking free one-timers at will uh, from the top of the circle, and it leads to their only two goals. One mm-hmm. of them was a shot that he scored clearly. One led to the rebound by Kreider. And all you got to do is take that play away, and they have no goals in this game. I, I don't know why the penalty kill struggled so hard to defend that, but it was driving me crazy. Nonetheless, 5-on-5 five five played good. Uh, so hopefully going forward they can correct that, make sure they can try to neutralize that as much as possible and continue to play the way they did today. They'll be all right. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, and the fact that we went down 2 nothing and were able to show our resiliency, come back, win this one 3-2, absolutely loved it. And I got to say, uh, Victor Hedman stepped up, Andre Vasilevsky stepped up, but the one player who stood out the most to me on the screen was easily Nikita Kucherov. Like, mm-hmm. some of the plays that he was making, insane. Like, it really made me remember how lucky we are over here with the Tampa Bay Lightning, to have a player like Nikita Kucherov. He had a goal and two assists on the night. He contributed in all three goals. Just some stupid passes he would make where a pass was directly to him and he just barely tipped it with his stick and it went right on the tape of someone else. I think it was, uh, it didn't lead to a goal, but I know it was on a power play. It went right to the defenseman. I don't know if it was Victor Hedman uh, or maybe Mikhail Sergachev, whoever it was. It was just little things that he does that shows, my gosh, this guy's so incredibly talented. It's like Alexi Kovalev, dude. Like, like, uh, it's, it's if Alexi Kovalev actually cared about hockey is is Nikita Kudrov because Alexi Kovalev was maybe the best player in the history of the game with the puck on his stick. Just unreal hands, incredible shot. Um, when he tried, he, he could just he could take the puck coast to coast. He could try knocking him off. He was not moving. He had great uh, center of balance when he wanted to, but he did it like like. 30 games of the year, Max. Like, So he wasn't engaged. Where Kucherov, this guy that's a lot more engaged, seems to be in it all the time, that's in his shows with his production. And you really could make the argument that maybe there's nobody better in, in the game with the puck on a stick. Yeah, I, I know Connor McDavid is absolutely incredible, and I, there's no saying that he's not the best, but I, I'm 1,000% going to hear any argument in favor of Nikita Kucherov for that because he's just got a special knack for finding guys on the ice um, and – when he has that puck, he does a really job, really strong job keeping control of it. Um, you know, ma- making the slightest moves, making the craziest moves doesn't matter. Always ends up back on his stick. There's very few turnovers, very few takeaways from him. It's just really incredible to see. And yeah, I mean, it, it really is just a-, a blessing as a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. Yeah, really looked phenomenal tonight. And then I haven't been on Twitter since the game, so I don't know if there's been too much complaining about some of the calls that happened in this game, and I get some arguments with some of the calls that were made, but I do have to give props to NHL officiating because even if you didn't like the calls, they were incredibly consistent with it. Like the goaltending interference calls, they went both ways when you know you were in similar situations. So um, that's one thing that I am happy to see is the consistency out of officiating. Because if you start a game one way, it should end the same exact way. That's how it did tonight, and very happy about that. Yeah, I agree. And 
you know, real, the, the second goalie interference, Riley Nash, like, you just got to have better awareness where you are yeah. on the ice. So, whatever. Scrap that one. We'll talk about the first one in Tampa. Um, it, I think they called Corey Perry for a slash officially is what it was. Um, and, yeah, like, technically it's a slash. Um, you know, it, it kind of looked like, looked like he was turning and a stick just kind of got him. Um, sure, technically at the end of the day it's a slash, high stick, whatever you want to call it. But, like, 10 out of 10 acting job by Shesterkin. Oh, yeah. Like, like, he should be nominated for, for an Emmy for that one. Like, that was ridiculous. But I, I get you got to call it, so that's fair. At least when um, it was Vitrano driving the net and McDonald was back checking, and, you know, they, you argue they kind of run into each other and then they both run into Vasilevsky. They called that as well, as they should have, because that's been called all season long. Mm-hmm. And technically that is the rule. At that point, you know, Vitrano's cutting to the net. He's impeding on McDonough's ground. McDonough's the one skating a straight line. He's not going out of his way to put Vitrano into Vasilevsky. He's just back checking where Vitrano's cutting to the net and then they run into the goalie. So that's the right call. I'm happy that they stuck with it into that because if they didn't call that, I probably would have lost my mind. Yeah. However, there was one thing you weren't very happy with, and that was the double minor to Kucherov for high sticking on Zabinijad. Uh, Zabinijad able to start the power play, but that's against the NHL rules. Yeah. Like, did, did, did this rule change and I missed it? Because I've seen it happen twice now in these playoffs that I've noticed. I, I, I For all I know, this rule could have changed, but it used to be uh, if there was blood drawn. On a play, you can't play while you're bleeding. And if there was a you know like a four minute minor, for example, the player that um got the infraction done to them, so like the person who got high sticked, they had to get off the ice. They had to stay off the ice to at least start it to make sure the bleeding was stopped. But I've seen it happen twice. I think it was might have been both been to Zabinajet, honestly, where he got sticked, was deemed bleeding, and then sure enough started the power play. And I really don't understand because I know at at the level of hockey I work with, um. If you're that player and you get like hurt or you get blood drawn on the plate, you can't, they will not let you, even if the blood is stopped, they won't let you start the power play. And it was that way in the NHL. I know that for a fact. So I don't know if that rule changed or if the rush stopped enforcing it. I don't know. So I've got it here for you. Rule 571, a player bleeding or covered by the blood of any player shall be considered as an injured player and shall leave the ice for treatment and or cleaning. So, so the refs didn't do their job. That's that's all it says. I don't I don't know if it says if it stops they can go out or Zabinja didn't leave the ice. He stayed on the ice the whole time. He leaned over the bench and they cleaned him up. So he technically didn't leave the ice. So that means the refs didn't do their job. That's fair. That, that's my that's my take on this. I think that's a fair take. The nice thing though, no goal scored. No, that they looked kind of bad on the power play. Yeah, uh, they also I think it was Jacob Truba yeah. tripped. Was it, it Clorn was, maybe? Um, Lauren Maroon, or Paul, Paul, I, you know, you know, I, I don't know why I can think of it either. I think it might have, maybe it wasn't Nick Paul. No, it was a, it was a teens number. Okay. Anyway, anyways, uh, yeah, we were happy to see they didn't score on it, thankfully. Um, and now that puts us down two one in the series. Feeling a lot better though. If we went out and lost this game, that's uh real scary. Yes. But uh, being two to one. Seeing how good we played five on five, uh, just got to clean up a little bit of the discipline. And then if we do take dumb penalties, got to clean up the power play a little bit. But other than that, felt really good about the game. Andre Vasilevsky stepped up very nicely. Kucherov, Hedman, Stamkos, our three biggest stars out on the ice right now, look like it. So very happy about that. So we are now going to go to a quick commercial break, but on the other side of the commercial break, Looking at the Western Conference Finals, and oh boy, that series could be over already. Mm-hmm. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. 
New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Make sure to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook for any of your sports betting needs, including betting on the Eastern and Western Conference Finals in the NHL, and including the NBA Finals, which the game number two has just started. It's the Celtics versus the Golden State Warriors. I am a Celtics fan. Uh, family is big Boston fans, so I got my Red Sox and Celtics fandom from there. Like You understand how this looks, right? Yeah, I know. It looks like a bandwagon type ba- of thing. Bandwagon. Boston Celtics. Cincinnati Bengals went to the Super Bowl this year. I'm a big Bengals fan. <laughs> oh, Tampa Bay podcast right when they're winning championships. Okay, hey. You got to... <laughs> you've known me for a long time. You know the pain I've been through as a Bengals fan. This ain't no bandwagon. Um, Feel real pain. Be a Lions fan. I don't, I don't remember what it was. I don't know if it was at Brandon's wedding or maybe it was at work. Someone said... Hey, at least he's or this is the first non bandwagon Bengals fan you'll ever meet, and it's like, well, that's true oh <laughs> because there's not many of us. That's, that's that's fair. That's fair. I was there for the Carson Palmer days when Ooh. he ret- uh, one kid from work. He's like, all right, rank Palmer, Burrow, and Dalton, like one through three, and easy list. I said, uh, based on skill, Burrow, Palmer, Dalton. Yes, but based on who I like. Burrow, Dalton, Palmer. Yes. And he's like, what? Really? I love Palmer. And I'm like, he retired on us. He he literally said, I want, I want out. And if you don't let me leave, I'm retiring. He screwed us. What do you mean? Yeah. So I was there for that. No bandwagon over hey, here. I've been lying to him my whole life. I had to watch a season where John Kitna and Dan Orlovsky both threw balls out of that Lions freaking passing room. I had to watch Dan Orlovsky in person run out of the back of the end zone. Yeah, I was going to say, was Dan Orlovsky really throwing balls, or was he no, just no, trying no, to no. save himself? Yeah, he was just giving teams two points. I, I, I've been sitting through this bullshit. It's nice to be able to support a winner here in the sport of hockey. There we not, go. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh Although a lot of my teams looking like winners right now. Except yeah, for the bandwagon. Except for the Red Sox. They're not doing very hot. Oh, but then they're going to find a way, and, and, and then you're going to be, oh, yeah, Red Sox, and then you're going to be bandwagon again. <laughs> sure. Whatever you want to say. Yeah. All right, Western Conference Finals, the you, Colorado. You know, you know what? You know what? I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off. Okay. Feel free. I think I'm, I think I think that we should just transition just to, to a Bruins podcast since you just seem to be such a Boston fan. I'm going to pass on that. Yeah, me too. That's gross. <laughs> my my dad, uh, like I said, Boston fandom in the family. He is a big Boston Bruins fan. Uh, I'm so glad I didn't take that from him. Yeah, that that's, that's gross. That is absolute just 
human trash. Could you imagine me supporting Brad Marchand? No, we wouldn't be friends. The rat. We would not be friends. <laughs> All right. Thursday night, we saw game two of the Avs Oilers. This one was just not very close. The Avs took it four to nothing. Uh, showed why they are the better team, why they're the favorite. And Vegas betting on DraftKings everywhere. Uh, they just showed it in this one. I mean, I'd say at least they tried, but maybe they didn't. I don't know. Um, well, when you got Mike Smith as your starting goalie, is that you actually trying? Like, I'm sure you could have went to the trade deadline and, you know, but. Yeah, you know, I, I, guess, I guess that's fair. Um, you know. Are you trying over there? What no, is happening? I'm, my freaking NHL app on my tablet's just not loading past May 2nd right now. I was trying because my phone's starting to die. Why are you back to May 2nd? Because I, I opened up the app and because like my phone's at like 10% here. So I was trying to save oh. battery. And um, so I was like, I'll just pull it up on my tablet here. And then the tablet just won't go past the date May 2nd. Just like when I opened up the NHL app, it's just May 2nd. I try to go on forward. Just no, no mm. bueno. So anyway, um, yeah, it like. It, you know, it ended up being what four to two was the final. Four nothing game. was Thursday. Four, four nothing was Thursday. Four to two was yeah. So, yes, so it was, was last night. Stuff on track. So yeah, it, like at least they kind of tried. I mean, it it, it just it, it was Colorado's game to win. You you, you kind of just saw um, they were the home team. Edmonton can really get much going, and um, Colorado just kind of you know kind of what I expected when I did my playoff bracket this year. Thought they were the team to beat, and yeah. they kind of said. You got Connor McDavid. You got Leon Draisaitl. I, I don't care. We're, we're we're still the team to beat. Mm-hmm. Felt that way in Game Three as well. Uh, like you mentioned, four to two for Colorado in that one, and it really does just come down to McDavid and Draisaitl versus the Avs. Now Ryan McLeod, he did score uh, for the Oilers in this one, but what? when you just watch the game on ice, you can tell. When McDavid and Drysidle are out there, it looks like a competition. When they're not, it's Avs all the time. And and, and by the way, Ryan McLeod, uh, Sag- Saginaw Spirit alumni, all Saginaw Spirit alumni is a great hockey player. So mm. all, all people that work for the organization are also great people too. Oh, are they? so just got to say that. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I think it was I think it was when the empty netter was scored. Um, you just kind of, it kind of panned to McDavid, and he just kind of threw his arms up like, like, like yeah. what else am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. He does fucking everything, literally. And I saw a tweet, too. I don't know. I don't, someone sent it to me. It might have been my brother. But uh, Drysidle, when he's not on the ice with McDavid, he's being outscored 1-9 to nine in the playoffs. Mm. So he's only producing with McDavid as well. Well, I don't think that's how that works because uh, Drysidle had 17 points. And round two, where McDavid had twelve, so they were still on the ice together. Yeah, that's fine. And it wasn't at thirteen. No, it was twelve. Oh, okay, whatever. It was twelve through five. Oh, that guy sucks. Yeah, couldn't even get, couldn't even, couldn't even get, get to three points a game. Yeah, so I, I think that you know, just because they're on the ice together doesn't mean that McDavid's feeding Drysaddle. Oh, it does. Oh, it does. Yeah, it does. It does. And like I, I even said it. I think it was in the first round um, against the Kings. Like. There was there was two or three goals in a game that McDavid didn't get any points on that he was the only reason those goals were scored like they were all created because of him but for one reason or another he doesn't get a point on it and that's just what he does like he he drives creates all the offense for that team at the end of the day you know Drysdale is a great hockey player you know one of the best players in the world he he creates offense himself too but like they obviously work a lot better together and you know when he's been away he's been struggling a little more. And I know a lot of it's because he's hurt. Like you watch yeah. him skate, he just he, he has zero like, mobility right yeah, now. He can't skate. He has two bad ankles, dude. It sucks for him. I feel bad. I wish we could see him in his full 
you know, like full potential. But mm-hmm. it really is just different hockey when McDavid's on the ice. And, you know, it, we, we, we were talking about it. Like, maybe this is the team that can defy the uh, team sport thing. Maybe, maybe, yeah. this, maybe this is a true definition of one skater can carry a team. Um, looking like it's not the case. Dry is healthy. What are we looking at? Different series, or are we still looking at a three nothing? Um, I would I would say it'd be two to one. I'd I'd probably call it in favor of Colorado. I I think Colorado could have taken those first home games, and Edmonton would have probably won game three at home. Like, okay. like at the end of the day, gotcha. It, it would at least look a lot closer on the ice. Yeah. Well, continuing with game three, we saw Evander Kane um, hit from behind on Nazim Kadri, and he got a five minute, but stayed in the game. I don't understand. How is that allowed? I've never seen that before. It's yeah. not. It's not a fighting penalty. No. It's a hit from a. It's it's a murder from behind. Actually, yeah. he 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 told Kadri, "I don't want you playing anymore in the series," and absolutely destroyed him from behind. Like it's a dangerous hit. It is, and Kadri is now out for the rest of the year. He there's a chance he can be back in the, in the final. Is series. there? There's a. They said they said he's out for this series, likely the next as well. But there's oh. a chance he can be. Back. I thought I saw out for season. But okay, I, may, I, maybe either I way. Know. Either way, he's out for this. Series. It doesn't look great. Yeah. Um. Evander Kane suspended for one game, and I don't know if I said this to you last night or what was happening, but my thought on it was Evander Kane should be out the same amount of time Kadri is. So. Kadri's out for the series, out for the season. So should Evander Kane. He gets a one-game suspension, but that yeah. technically yeah, might uh, be uh, out fairness. for the same amount yeah. of time. Yeah, it's 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 too it's a season-ending suspension, a season-ending injury. Um, and that whole eye for an eye argument for a suspension, you know, I I, I get it. I mean, but, when it's that malicious and yeah, like I, I, I get it overall, and especially if you do like like the Rafi Torres thing, or if you're doing the Marty McSorley go and slash a Donald Brashear in the back of the head, like th- that type of stuff, I'm all for it. But and like, who was it? Sean Thornton on Brooks Orpic? He just jumped off the bench and sucker punched yeah. Brooks Orpic back in like yeah. 2013. Yeah, so like like stuff like that. Yeah, however long the guy's out for, you should be out for too. This this one, I'm a little borderline on that, but nonetheless, um. One game in the playoffs is considered two regular season games. He probably deserved more than two regular season games. He probably deserved like two playoff games, the equivalent of four regular season games, but it probably doesn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. And then we have Tim Peel, the ex NHL referee. This guy's ridiculous, dude. Uh, coming out saying Nazim's Kadri, Nazim Kadri's injury was karma. Uh, and we got a list thanks to Michael at the Leafs IMO. Uh, on Twitter, in the span of a year, Tim Peel essentially admitted that the NHL referees do makeup calls every single game, have a bias for players both negatively and positively, might have been gambling with other players, and then coming out and saying that Kadri's injury was karma. And in all fairness, those things that like he mentioned, we all assumed kind of happened, but like. What have actually proven to happen is really it's a really bad look on the league. And mm-hmm. then for Tim Peel just to act the way he does, after being a, an official for the NHL for the for the years that he was, it really is embarrassing on himself. It's embarrassing on the league that he was able to get there. Um, it really makes you wonder how much more bias there is with you know some of the other guys. I, I think I think Wes McCauley is a ref who I think he, he's at Wes the top, is the yeah, best. Dude. He, he's at the top of the game. He he's someone that um, he makes it entertaining for fans. He Seems to do a pretty good job avoiding any bias, um, in my opinion. And, you, you know, I, I, think he, I think he's very fair. And 
you know, there's some other games that you watch, and it's like, okay, the, the refs seem, it seems like they're missing, you know, the, the, the calls that Tampa should be getting, and then they're giving these calls to um, New York. Like, you feel like that happens a lot, and Tim Peel has just really put on Twitter over the last year that, you know, that feeling it really is true. And to have the evidence like that, it's, it's really just kind of embarrassing. And, mm-hmm. You know, I I don't have a, I don't have an issue with other like players in the league fraternizing with each other, coaches in the league fraternizing with each other. They're they're coworkers. At the end of the day, NHL referees are mediators to the game. They're not part of the game. They work for the NHL. They don't work for the players. They don't they don't work for the coach. They don't work for the team. They work for the NHL itself. They mediate the games. There should be no interaction off the ice between them and the players. There there just shouldn't be. There shouldn't be any reason for them to start feeling one way or another towards a player because it's just unfair to the game. Yeah. And I know that's never going to be eliminated, but that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim Peel did delete his tweet. He did. Uh, I don't know where it is. I'm looking through uh, tweets here on the Yahoo Sports article. Um, he said, if he's uh, avalanche forever... Said if he's goofy enough to tweet something so stupid, he should have he shouldn't have been a coward and deleted it. Agreed. Um, and then mostly Leafies on Twitter said, "I honestly think the likeliest explanation for why Kane wasn't ejected is just that the refs assumed Kadri was selling slash wasn't actually hurt." And then said uh, Tim Peel was tweeting with his whole chest about Kadri's reputation. So do you think that could play into it a little bit where maybe some of these referees were thinking similarly that Tim Peel don't necessarily love Kadri and they think maybe he's selling a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, like I'm pretty sure we've talked about on the podcast, like Kadri had back-to-back moments in the playoffs for the, for the Maple Leafs where he took horrible and excusable penalties that led to suspensions that led into games where they got eliminated from the playoffs. So I understand saying that there's a reputation there because of that. Because those are two really bad plays. They're you know like one hitting you know hitting hitting a player on his knees. Like 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 what are you doing? Like just like that that's that's clearly an attempt to injure type of play. Like it makes no sense. So those refs are very very aware on what every player in the league does at any time. Or what what's going on? What they what they've done? What their history is? So one thousand percent they're thinking that way. That they could see that. Oh, Cadre's embellishing. Um, he's someone that's got a reputation. You know, is he actually hurt? I I don't know, but. It shouldn't be that way. I know it is, but it shouldn't be that way. It was very clearly a dirty hit. It should have been five minutes out of the game suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, two of those three things happened, but the one that ultimately really should have happened, and I guess it didn't change the outcome of the of the game, right. uh, but it, it didn't happen. And it just sucks for Colorado because Kadri had such a great season this year. He's been phenomenal in the playoffs. He's been probably their best player in the playoffs, and now he is out. Um, for Kadri, Ka- for me at least, uh, coming into this season, similarly to Brad Marchand, when it comes to my opinions on him, throughout this playoffs though, I've been cheering him, cheering for him, dude. Like he's he's, he's truly evolved his game because like in, in Toronto, he, yeah, he's always been a good hockey player, but like in Toronto, he you know maybe underachieved. Then he gets to Colorado, and it's a system that works well for him. And he's playing with some guys that can really complement his game, and he flourishes and. It's a lot more of like the current Brad Marchand type of game, where still a little bit of, a little bit of an edge. He he can he knows how to get under your skin, mm-hmm. but he's gonna win with skill more than he is gonna win with you know stupid shit. Right, and like the Bennington stuff now, you know the big hit from Evander Kane, uh, all that is just kind of pushing me towards 
Nazim Kadri, and you know, trying to root for the guy, and obviously Tim Peel's comments uh, making me more sympathetic for Kadri as well. So agreed. Uh, I like the change there. Let's now talk about Charlie McAvoy. Uh, he will be out for the start of next year. Oh, uh, see, you are turning this to a Bruins podcast. <sighs> oh my gosh, some people. <laughs> I wrote the outline. Yes, you did. <laughs> All right, I can't wait to talk about the next thing. Uh, yeah, so Charlie McAvoy, <laughs> the go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoops. See, you're calling Charlie McAvoy the goat. Oh man. Oh man. You are just the worst. But Charlie McAvoy is gonna miss the, at least the beginning of the season with shoulder surgery. Um, I saw it could be at least the first month, maybe a little more. Another big piece for uh, Boston. It's not gonna be there. We already talked about Marchand. Gonna miss a few games. Um, now without Charlie McAvoy and with the possibility of Patrice Bergeron leaving, those are some you know decent holes that. If you get down too early in the season, you know, not very few teams come back. The St. Louis team did in 2019 and was able to go back and go on a cup run, of course, but that pretty much never happens. Mm-hmm. So if you get down early, like if you look at the playoff picture at the end of November, usually it's pretty damn close to what it is at the end of the season. So if they're down you know, towards the bottom of the standings because of these injuries, they're going to have a tough you know, hill to climb. So are you saying that the Bruins should be favorites for Connor Bedard? No, because oh. that would be terrible. <laughs> That would be so terrible. I don't know. You might be rooting for that as a Bruins fan. I, You know, there's like three jerseys I, I don't want to see them in. A Coyotes jersey, a Bruins jersey, and an Islanders jersey. I wouldn't mind them in a Coyotes jersey. <laughs> to see Connor Bedard go play in front of 4,000 people. If you, wanted to, if you wanted to play in a college game, you should have went to play damn college hockey. That's true. But. And, I mean, oh, I, I didn't put that in here. Might as well bring that up real quick. So. I don't know if you saw this or not, but um, Gary Batman came out and backed the NHL in Arizona, mm-hmm. as we all know he's going to because that's, that is his pride and joy in the, in the NHL. Yeah. And he said if they get the funding and the approval for a stadium, um, they are going to sign an agreement saying, stating that they the team will not be allowed to relocate for whatever the duration is. I don't know. He's that in on the Coyotes working when they haven't even really worked yet at all. Dude, I just think that everything about the Atlanta Thrashers has been 17 times better than the Arizona Coyotes. Better jerseys, better branding, better players. Better everything. Like, yes. just relocate them back to Atlanta. I want to see the Thrashers Bring back come the thrashers. back. Let's, let's pull Kovalchuk and Heater and, and yes. Bufflin out of retirement. Yes. So, I, I just think that, Gary, we get it. You love going down to Glendale uh, for some cocktails. And, you know, everything like that. But we don't need Arizona hockey anymore. It hasn't worked. Their only saving grace is to end up with with um, Connor, Connor Bedard or Matthew Mishkov next year and then have Austin Matthews sign there as a free agent. That, like, that's their only hope at this point. And at that point, like, they're going to be in the Edmonton Oilers. If Austin Matthews goes to Arizona, I'm fine with them staying. Just because that would be a cool story. They got to either keep the Kachina jerseys or completely rebrand from the Coyotes, though. Completely rebrand. I like that. I have no issue with that because I really don't like the Coyotes name. I do like the Kachina jerseys, but I would I would rather see new colors, new new team name, new everything. Why not? Sure. It wouldn't be the first time it's happened in sports history. With the new stadium, they get the new logo, the new yeah, everything. Oh, so now they're playing the small stadium. They can be like the Arizona Shitters, and then they get a, like, cool. a decent stadium, and then I, they can go from there and rename themselves something better. Yeah. Okay, I'm cool with that. Make it be a nice like brown, maybe with a little bit of like a like a like a uh, what the word I'm looking for, like a faded green, maybe. Mm. 
Like a puke green or yeah. a feces well, green? It's, it's a more of a feces for? green because, you know, they're the shitters. Okay. Yeah, this is, you know, I'm going to go home and make this team in shell. I, I think that, I think the NHL PR would be very happy with the shitters <laughs> as one of their teams. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about some E award winners, uh, starting with Patrice Bergeron winning the Selkie. No oh, sorry, we're, there. we're a Bruins podcast. I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, you wrote it. <laughs> You also are rooting for Connor Bedard to go to the Bruins, no. so I'm not really sure what you're thinking. But before we move on to the other awards, um, Patrice Bergeron deserves to get the Selkie named after him because he is now the all-time winner of the award. Um, he's won it more times than anybody else, and he's the best defensive player I've ever seen. Um, and you know, in terms of at least for forwards, I, I don't know how this award like, doesn't get you know become his award because like really, it, it, it's he's the one that's revolutionized the game for defensive players. Fun fact. Let's hear it. Thanks to Jay Fresh Hockey. Uh, in the past 11 seasons, 1,732 Selkie ballots have been submitted. Patrice Bergeron's name has been on 1,605 of them. That's nearly 93% of the 1,732 ballots he's been on. And he's been ranked number one on 749 of them. Uh, that's 43.2%. So that's in the last 11 seasons. He has not won 11 Selkie, Selkies in a row. So that just shows how good he's been mm-hmm. if he's still being put on 93% of the ballots in the last 11 years. He, let's be real, he probably deserved like nine, like eight or nine of the 11 as well, honestly. At the end of the day, he's the best defense forward in the league. Mm-hmm. And nothing's really changing. Like this might, this might have been one of his best defensive seasons ever this, this year. Like the analytics kind of backed that up. Like he's just, he's just maintaining. It's crazy. Right. Well, let's not talk about the Masterton and the Willie O'Ree Awards. Yeah, so Carey Price wins the Masterton. It's a award for perseverance for players that overcome something and can come back. You know, like Oscar Limblom was a previous winner, for example, overcoming cancer. Carey Price, um, he has, you know, has his personal issues off the ice, has injuries, and was able to come back, was able to finish out the season with Montreal. Um, a deserving winner, none, you know, nonetheless, he over, overcame some things. It's happy, happy to see him overcome that. Moving, moving on to the uh, Willie O'Ree. So Noel Acton from Baltimore, Maryland, was the winner of the Willie O'Ree Award this year. So the Willie O'Ree Award is mostly for people who are helping grow the game within the minority communities, um, especially black communities. And uh, what Noel Acton did was really help out with um, underprivileged areas in, in Baltimore and help provide them equipment, provide them ice time, provide them um, training and was just a really proactive person in, um, you know, that community for hockey in, in Maryland. So it's a great award. It's it's an awesome award that I'm happy is a thing because I am someone who's all about the growth of the game. I, I want I want this great sport to be played on every country in the world, to be, be played in every city in the world. And, you know, things like this are just doing everything. They kind of take those steps. Yeah, two really feel-good awards with perseverance and uh, growth. So you love to see those as well. Well, Chase, let's now finish the show off with a hockey name of the day. Oh, what do you know? It's a Boston Bruin. Why are you doing this? It no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we got Hugo Mezentsev. 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 There we go. One more time. Hugo Mezentsev. Hugo Metzenstev. You Metzenstev. You got to, like... Really pronunciate the first half. Menson stuff. Like, not Menson stuff. Like, it's Menson stuff. It's not. There's no N before the Z. You're saying Menson. Menson stuff. You're saying Menson. 
It's not. It's meant to Zef. <laughs> it's M-E-Z-E-N, not M-E-N-Z-E-N. I'm pronouncing how the French speak. There's no N before the Z. I'm not saying an N. It's just the way they draw, like one that's written like that. The way they I'm draw hearing it an N. It's like when you. It's like when you hear the um the umlauted O in German. You no, get, you get a, it's, there's uh, no umlaut here. I'm just like, listen, <laughs> li- listen, Linda. It's 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 how languages speak. The umlauted O. It's All like, right, say it again. It's. Now I'm, oh, I'm so boy, right no, on. He's got to pull it back up. Yeah, got to pull it back up. So yeah, Hugo, Mens and Steph, Mens set Zeph, Men, Zet Zeph. You say it so it's almost like you're starting to say the N, but you don't say it. It's like it's like the umlauted O. But then you actually like skip the N because you said Mens Zet. I said Mens sent. I I think you're struggling. You're gonna to get say kicked it. in the knee. You're, you're struggling. You're gonna get kicked in the knee. <laughs> Hugo is a 21 year old French defenseman, uh, currently playing, or just signed this year in the top French league. Played in the uh, the French second league last year. Not really some right home player. Didn't really play um, internationally for France. Played at the U18s back in 18 19. That's really about all he's done internationally. Played um, in Canada for a couple years too, playing some. Lower level, um, you know, like 18U hockey, some lower level tier three junior hockey. But someone that, you know, maybe down the road we can see him um, in the international stage. Well, hey, congrats, Hugo, on getting the new Conti. Um, and I do apologize if you are listening. do apologize for Chase butchering your last name. Get but out uh, Get uh, out of here. He was trying. You know, he had the pronunciation up and everything. Still you couldn't get it done. Nothing. But that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. Chase, take us to an outro. See if I can breathe through this. It's always, Uh-oh. I don't know. So, Allergies. So short on breath. It's like I ran six marathons today. But anyway. You want me to hold your nostrils open? Maybe, dude. <laughs> I, I'm lacking the ability to take a deep breath because I just, my breathing so bad today. But nonetheless, thank you guys for listening. If you want to support us, you can check us on Patreon. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bulge Podcast, it's at Bulge Podcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While we're at it, go follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. And make sure to go support us on those three platforms. Um, that would be great. If you go to hockeypodcastnetwork.com, find all the podcasts and network right there. Boom. Click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever the scene, you can rate it five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns. We really appreciate it. Wherever you do, not forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time. I need CPR.